Amen. Thank you for that. Um, That verse that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So humility is, uh, is one of the first things we need to look for in our lives. It's one of the first things we need to seek after. Um, because we can find ourselves being resisted by God. And I think that's more often the case than we would like to believe. That God would like to work things in us, but He can't. Because we are in the way. So, amen. Thank you so much for that message, that opening. Um, Philippians 2 is definitely the text of the week. Um, (laughs) We had it uh, Thursday, and now Samuel had it in the opening, and I have it in the message. So, I've often thought it would be interesting to listen to several different preachers speak in the same text to see what different messages come out of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I've uh, I thought about it. I, I know my dad shared shared on it on, on Thursday, but it, it's, it's what was on my heart. Um, so that's, that's going to be my text this morning too. So praise the Lord, hopefully. God gives us more of a revelation. So let's pray. Dear Lord, gracious and almighty God, we worship you, we thank you. That you are our God, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you care for us, that you desire to work in us and through us. Lord, we pray that you bless this time here, uh, this, uh, the words that I bring, the words that I speak. I pray for your presence with us. Lord, I pray that you give us hearts and hearts to understand, that you give us, uh, that you clear our minds and you give us uh, clear minds to hear you and to seek you. Lord, bless this time here. Open your word and reveal your heart to us in Jesus' name. Amen. So today I want to speak on uh, seeking the mind of Christ. Um, Out of the text in Philippians 2, verse 5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, taught it not robbery to be equal with God. And this mind of Christ, as Samuel shared in the opening, is mostly what I see in there is this mind of humility. A mind of brokenness, of love and surrender. And I want to hopefully touch today how completely contrary to human nature 
the mind and the spirit of Christ is. To be spiritually minded <clears throat> of what we are is, is the opposite of what we are by default. And it comes down to our human nature, our flesh, battling against the spirit inside us. <clears throat> so what is the mind of Christ the writer is referring to here? It says Jesus, he, he taught it not robbery to be equal with God. And we discussed the wordage this week in, in, in our morning meeting. And it, it is worded in a bit of a strange way. He thought it not a robbery. That, and, and he didn't think, I take from that, he didn't think that he was being forced or taken advantage of. Or that he was being bereaved or someone was stealing privileges from him in any way. But rather the opposite was true. That Christ... He gave himself as a, as, as a living sacrifice. Willing. He willingly gave himself. And it's, it's one of the things, this sacrifice, that uh, I, know, I don't think we can speak about it enough. <laughs> he did not look on his own things. He didn't care for his own things, his own interests, his own rights, but for, those, for the others. His heart was for others. He didn't care for himself, but was a living example and a selfless sacrificial but was a living example of selfless sacrificial love for me and for you. So what is this mind of Christ? I think it's to see it's to think the same way Christ thought. To see things the same way that Jesus saw them. So verse, uh, verse, two, verse 3 of chapter 2 of Philippians. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem the other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. So we, we have to consider what our starting point is. We have to consider where we're all coming from. Thank you. We have to consider that we're all coming from the point of prideful human beings. That humility, this, this humility that, that Sam has spoke of, it's not, it's not a natural occurring ingredient. Or reaction that happens in our life. If there is humility in us. It came from God. It's a work of God. If it's real humility. Not this false humility. That, that we can conquer up. To get our own way. To, to manipulate others. But real humility is a work of God. And by default. From our starting. From everybody's starting point. It's not usually what you start up with. The scriptures strongly imply that the poor of this world, those who have less privilege, the underprivileged, have a strong advantage in this area. 
because there are things in, in that happen in our life. There's things we have. If somebody's very successful, if somebody's very rich, if somebody's rich, and, and things work out for them, they, that that puffs puffs people up and brings brings us further away from humility. <clears throat> but all of us naturally, we defend ourselves. We look out for ourselves. We take care of ourselves. We don't, we know, we usually don't need to take lessons in making sure we get our way, making sure um, that I'm taken care of, that I, I get my rights. If we look at, at one or two year olds playing, you can very clearly see that they want their rights. I mean, they, they know they, they want their privileges, they want to have these things there. They're, um, they have all that. You know, we, we neglect other people in our lives. We might, for those who are married, we might neglect our wives or our husbands, our family, our friends, but we don't usually neglect ourselves. <clears throat> and, and that's our flesh that does that. It's our flesh that works that in us. So I want to take a, a verse out of a couple of verses out of Romans 8, verses 5 to 9. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be can be so then they that are after the flesh cannot please god but ye are not after the flesh but in the spirit if so be that the spirit of god dwell in you now if any man have not the spirit of christ he is none of his to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace and here i'm going back to this mind of christ let this mind be in you which was also in christ jesus And so, so we all have our carnal mind. And he says the carnal mind, it's enmity against God. There's an opposition. There's a battle between God and our carnal man. So that uh, those who are after the flesh, those who have this carnal mind, they cannot please God. The carnal mind, the ideas we come up with, the, even a lot of the good intentions... He says, though they cannot, they cannot please God. They have no value in the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. <clears throat> the things of the Spirit, the flesh has no interest in. And the carnal things, the things the mind, our mind values, they have no value in the Spirit. So going uh, back to Philippians 2, verse 5. Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, but took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in likeness of men. And being found in fashion of man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. 
And this, this has been covered quite a bit <clears throat> in the last few days. That Christ, he humbled himself to the death of the cross. And it's a marvelous thing that, that we can never quite grasp the humility of our God. You know, it's one thing for us to humble ourselves. It's one thing for us to go and serve others. It's one thing for us to go and help someone. But it's quite another for God to do that. And if we can see, if we can see that the huge step, that, that the huge difference that is, it's quite befitting that we humble ourselves, that we serve those around us. That's our calling. None of us is, is better than anybody else. It's where we should all find ourselves. And God, for God, he, had, he really had no reason to do it. It wasn't his obligation. It wasn't. I don't want to say it wasn't the right thing to do, but <clears throat> there was something, something, there's something shockingly almost wrong about it. And, and we see it in the disciples' response when he comes to Peter, and, and like Samuel shared here, I'm repeating this, but that there, he comes to Peter and he says, Peter says, no, no, this, this can't be. You, you can't do that. You can't wash my feet. And Jesus says, I have to wash your feet. If you want to be part of the kingdom, if you want any part of me, I have to wash your feet. And uh, so it's, it's a beautiful picture of humility. And it, it brings to us that we need to walk to seek that. <clears throat> so the mind of Christ. Just to explore a little bit more the mind of Christ about who he is and, and what, that, what that all entails. If you you'd please turn to Matthew chapter 5. These are verses that we all know. We've all heard them hundreds of times. <clears throat> so I want to look at the, the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. And I want to particularly, if, if you want to notice, try and, try and look at how it contrasts and even opposes the human mind. And the things we normally, and normally meaning by default, by human nature, uh, we normally value. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and, thought, and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Who are these poor in spirit? And the way I look at it is, is, is the poor have needs. The Gospel of Luke, he says, blessed are you poor. But the poor are those that have needs. The, those that, that have uh, needs, they have they, those who cannot, they can't continue without help. They need help. 
Um, so normally, if in our lives, we don't consider people poor, blessed. People who are poor, blessed. We just don't. We don't go around looking at someone who has a shoddy old house and hardly any clothes to wear, and we say, you're, you're a blessed person. Um, uh, we call, we call good stuff blessings, you know, nice stuff. Our fine houses, our, our excellent tools, our, um, our success in business. We call those things blessings and, and, and in a sense they are. I'm not taking away from that. But when we see someone who doesn't have these things, we normally don't go dishing out how, how blessed this person is. And maybe we're not maybe we're not seeing maybe we're not seeing that right. But what are the poor in spirit? So someone who is poor in spirit is someone who is who has spiritual needs. Someone who can't continue without help. And I can't help thinking about someone who is humble. Someone who, is, who has needs. To me, they all, they all fit together. It, it seems almost like when I, when I dig into what, what are the poor in spirit, who are the poor in spirit, I, I almost read those who are humble, like Samuel almost described it in the opening. That, that these poor in spirit, and he says, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And this is Jesus' starting point for what he has to say. And I think that says a lot too. For all of us, we kind of need to come to a place where we're poor in spirit, where we recognize that we have needs. We recognize that we cannot continue without Christ. That it's in His providence, it's what He gives. Jesus came to call the right, not the righteous. He came not to call the righteous, but those who are sick. Blessed are they that mourn, verse 4, for they shall be comforted. Those that mourn. And... Okay, we would not say that. We don't normally walk up to someone who lost someone at a funeral, a loved one, and say, you are so blessed. That's not, that's not really something you want to do. So blessed, blessed are those, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. To mourn. And I think this ties together with the first one. The poor in spirit. If we're poor, we're not really, if we have needs, if we have especially spiritual needs, if we recognize that, that we really do need, need His help. We need His grace. It should bring us to a place of mourning, <clears throat> a place of need. Verse 5, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The meek will inherit the earth. Usually the meek are pushed aside and, and trodden underfoot. 
If you're going to be meek in this world and get ahead, if you will, uh, it might be tough. But he says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Hunger and thirst after righteousness, and they shall be filled. Once again, it's very costly to hunger and thirst after righteousness. If you live that, if you walk that out in everyday situations. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. All these things are opposite of human nature. Those aren't things we, we aspire to be normally. The way of the, the way of the flesh, the way of human nature is to fix things in our own way, to look good. to patch it all up and make it look nice. And it's completely opposite to the way of the cross. Verse 10, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall see all manner of evil against you falsely. For my sake rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. <clears throat> so how is being persecuted a blessing? But Jesus said, Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. So there, there's this... I believe this shows us the mind of Christ. It shows us the kingdom values. It shows us the things that Jesus valued and therefore things we ought to pursue and seek after. <coughs> and it's not the things we will seek after by default. <coughs> but in humility, esteem others better than yourselves as Christ humbled himself and became a servant of all. Christ served the poorest he spent time with the most despised of this world. You know, it's an upside-down kingdom. David Berceau's book, he, he wrote the book called the, the Kingdom That Turned the World Upside Down. That the, the values, the things that mattered are completely different in so many ways. <clears throat> the kingdom... The values of the kingdom of God are opposite of the values of this world. <sighs> Philippians 2 verse 9. Continuing with the text. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him. And given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord 
to the glory of the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For this is, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And here he says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So, so my question is, the question I want to put forth is, what is the mind of Christ? How do we walk in this, in this way? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The mind of humility, the mind of love, the mind with a heart for others. And in Christ, when he, when, he gave, when he gave himself, it was never self-pity. Self-pity can, can, uh, can cripple us in, a spiritual, in our spiritual lives. If we become the victim in the circumstances of our lives, God isn't able to work anymore. If we, if we are the ones that, that if we're being suffered, it's, it's the opposite of recognizing that God is working in us in every situation. That we're, we're the, the verse that all things work together for good to them that love us. And as opposed to that, to that victim mentality, where we're trying to find our rights, trying to find the justice and justification and for all those things that happen to us, as opposed to the spirit of humility and the spirit of Christ, where he, he came in love and humility. And he didn't feel that victim mentality. That was, that's not, there was none of that. He was there out of sacrificial love. And that's our calling. <coughs> So verse 12, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God gives us, the, both, God gives us both the desire. He gives us to will and to do. He gives us the desire and the strength to do of his good pleasure. So everything comes from him. It's His working inside us. Even our desire to do, to do good is from Him. <clears throat> Yet He says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You know, there's a battle. There's continual opposition. We need to remind ourselves of the eternity, of eternity continually. Because this life, uh, this life, the troubles, the, the passions, the work, the, our motivations, the things we do. We get absorbed into our daily, day-to-day -day activities. It has a dulling, <clears throat> a dulling effect on our, on our perspective. And we become so absorbed in what we do.
So finally, in closing, um, I want to go back to the poor in spirit. And so much, I was, I was impressed by how much this aligned with the spirit of humility. <clears throat> Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And so once again, who are these poor in spirit? The poor have needs. It's those who are, so, who are spiritually poor. Those who are spiritually poor have spiritual needs. And I don't think a lot of us here can actually relate to being poor. You know, if I ask for a show of hands of how many, how many of you ever did ever not know where your next meal would come for, from, or where you will live, it's, it'd be a pretty small group. But the real poor, they know that feeling of not having any resources. Someone who is poor, he has needs he cannot provide for. And it's the same with one who is poor in spirit. And my challenge today is for us that we might be those who are poor in spirit. That we might be those who recognize, who see and realize that, that we have spiritual needs that we can never provide for. To realize that we are broken and lost without His daily working in our lives. His daily mercy and forgiveness. To realize that we can do nothing without Him. And to trust that He loves us, He cares for us. And He longs to work in us and through us. <clears throat> And to be poor in spirit, okay, there's a feeling, I guess what I'm presenting is a feeling of helplessness, a feeling of inadequacy that we all, we all resist. None of us want to be poor, One, no, none of us want to be dependent on anything else. But the game changer is who we're dependent on. If we're poor in spirit, if we're dependent on, if we're relying and we're completely dependent on God to provide for us, that's a beautiful place to be. Because He's there and He wants to provide. He wants to be that. And it seems to me He can't, he can't give it to us while we think we have it. He can't, Jesus couldn't help those who thought they were healthy. He couldn't help those who thought they had the answers, they had it figured out, they had it all together. But he said, I came to those who are sick. A doctor helps those, goes to, those who are sick go to a doctor. And, and I guess that's, that's my message. That's what's been on my heart for the last, for the last while. And, and that's my message, that, that if we could come to God and recognize that we need Him, 
And he is willing and he wants to be that. He wants to provide. He wants to give us strength. He wants to, he wants to walk with us. He wants to help us if we ask as his children. So amen. May God bless you.